joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to Diesel Performance Podcast. Guys, um, we are running out of time. Literally. <laughs> so we have done more interviews than than we know what to do with at this point. Yeah. So you are going to start hearing UCC competitor in, uh, interviews come through your feed often. Um, more than just Fridays and maybe more than just one day during the week. Yeah. We have them in the hopper. <laughs> we've been we've been working our butts off, Paul. So, well, I, I'm excited, man. Everybody yeah. had that year off. Everybody's pumped. Yep. Uh, so many competitors so are, many new are competitors. excited to talk. So many yes. new competitors. Yes. It's definitely a different pool, different uh, talent pool, I guess you could say this year. That's right. There's a lot of new energy, old energy. That old energy from some of the interviews have, uh, you know, those older competitors have, have, a new, have a new energy and a new fire under their belts. Um, it's just really cool to see. It sucks that you know a year off had taken place, but it's definitely put a different perspective in in some of these competitors' you know outlooks. Absolutely, and so. I think a great example of that is going to be who we're talking to today, yeah. guys. We got him. You saw his truck start on fire. Uh, you saw him show up the next day to the sled pull in 2019. <laughs> we're talking to Tony Burkhart. Let's get it over to Tony right away. Tony Burkhart, how the hell are you? Oh, kicking and screaming. Man, when we're doing this interview, Paul, how far out are we right now from like UCC? Two weeks. two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. That's insane. I know. I was I was looking at my calendar today, going, "Ooh, officially in 14 days, I have to be." I, I we tried to get there the day before. Yeah. Tony, how early are you showing up to UCC this year? Are you going to get there on like Tuesday before it starts? Actually, uh, we're going to leave uh, the shop on Wednesday. Okay, uh, that's a that's a big move for us because. Uh, I'm always last minute on uh, showing up, right? And uh, I'm, I'm going to be a day ahead of time. We did the same thing when we were at Rudy's. Just uh, actually showed up a day ahead of time and spent some time at uh, Firepunk helping them make sure that they got that six-cylinder thing running. The six-cylinder thing, I like it. <laughs> you mean tractor motors. Awesome. Yeah, the tractor, the tractor motor, the cute tractor motor. <laughs> I mean, that that it, it, that's a... And most Duramax guys, they make a comment like that, and it's like, man, you're throwing shots, but you you, you kind of have some things to back up, especially after a successful, uh, you know, outing at Rudy's, which which we'll get into a little bit. Yeah. But uh, for some of our newer, fresher listeners that don't know who Tony Burkhardt is or don't know who DHD is, uh, you know, let let let's kind of get into it. Why are you competing at UCC this year? And then walk us through a little bit of the build. So. <laughs> Uh, now you've made me question myself and why am I competing against UCC? That was a question I just never ever thought about, and no one ever brought up. And I now you now I'm kind of worried. Um, <laughs> I you know the the first uh, round in 2018 they invited me. I only had uh, they invited me like two months before the event. I'm like. Oh my lord! I got to get this. I got to build a truck, <laughs> and uh, we busted ass and got somewhat of a truck to at least start with. I, I don't even remember how we finished. It was around tenth, I think. Uh, in twenty eighteen, you know what all happened there, and we finished sixth, and uh, all the big hitters, uh, Derek and. Uh, Firepunk, you know, they're not there this year. I mean, they're going to, actually, both of them are going to be there, but 
neither of them actually competing in UCC. Um, I don't know. We have a pretty good chance of doing fairly well, uh, or hope that we do fairly well. So, I, if we build a truck for UCC, and I guess we have to keep competing until our welcomes run out. Okay. <laughs> so, for some of our newer listeners, what's what's unique about you and the truck? What what's the truck and the setup? What what do we got going on? Uh, the truck is just a an old. I guess it originally was LBZ, regular cab long box, and uh, I mean just a little more than stock. Um, it's been a. It is pretty nice, I have to say. It's pretty nice. It's a little crispy. Got a little banged up. <laughs> got a little banged up a couple weeks ago. It bounced like a an old pinball machine. You know, bounced off the guardrails a few times a couple weeks ago. Um, just trying to get it dialed in, and we have all the right parts. So, so Tony, I think one of the things that was unique about 2018 <coughs> with you coming in is in 2018, I think you were one of maybe three people who had real experience sled pulling. Obviously, um, owner and, and founder over there at, at Dirty Hooker Diesel, you guys have a lot of experience in that Midwest, uh, especially Michigan sled pull scene. You've been all across the country uh, dragon sleds. Yeah, that's uh, something I've always done and always like to do. And I mean, that's a major part of our website and parts and things like that are specialized um, sled pulling parts that no one else is making. So um, we try to make everything very durable and easy to install. Now, see, sled pulling is one of those sports that I've always made fun of Chris about. Right. Oh, oh, big, big whoop! You're going to go 30 miles an hour and almost definitely break something. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, and that's always right. been my joke about it. But, but it's it's a lot of fun, and and to hear competitors traditionally at UCC, we interview the guys before and after. And yeah. Chris, what do you think? 90 percent of them are like, oh, I've been drag racing forever. I've gone 140 miles an hour. I've run whatever five and a half seconds in an eighth. Um, and then they're like, sled pulling was the most fun I've ever had in a truck. Yeah, I think a lot of times, not just at this event, just in general, sled pulling is always looked down on, right? Like, oh, it's just not a big deal. It's not this, it's not that. Then Tracker they hook up sport. to the sled. They, they, they go down the, the track for the first time, and it's, it's, a, it's exhilarating, man. It's a different feel altogether. But, Tony, yeah. you've been on the flip side of that. Oh, you meaning that uh, the acceleration and drag racing? Um, because I was always a sled puller. Sure. Well, well, yeah. I mean, if if I remember rightly, wasn't 2018? I thought I remember talking to you after UCC in 2018, and you were like, "Oh, this is the first of the handful of times I've ever drag raced." Yeah, I, I screwed around a little bit with um, 12 seconds, 13 seconds, and then I think the fastest I ever really went was uh, 11, it might have been 11.88 with a snowmobile on the drag strip. <laughs> okay. Uh, that, that's probably about the, you know, the fastest on the drag strip. I mean, I so I go to the drag strip and make three passes every four or five years. I mean, that's about, you know just nothing crazy so and it's a local local drag strip 
So what what was the thought process for you this year, 2021, right? Month before UCC or three weeks before UCC, you make a trek down to North Carolina and, and go to the Rudy's event. So what, what was the thought process? What were you thinking as far as doing that? What was that move for? Well, we really wanted to get some time on uh, some time on the truck, trying for us to get educated. I mean, we're just um, I mean, we're idiots out there. I mean, it's uh, it's I'm looking for a flagman. You know, where's the two flagmen? <laughs> well, what? That's the chain tightens chain. I don't feel that the jerk on the hitch. I, I'm you know. Um, <laughs> So, it, it, it's a, uh, we wanted to get some time down at Rudy's and uh, get some data, some fine tuning, because we, we really didn't get that much of an opportunity. Um, a week before Rudy's, um, or yeah, actually, what's it that, four or five days before Rudy's, I tried running on the local track, and the local track just couldn't hold the truck and, and, uh, Besides the track not holding the truck, we oiled down the track in front of the tires, and that didn't work very good either. Oh, no. So we were, yeah, we, I wrecked it. I went through the eighth mile sideways, 120 miles an hour. Oh, wow. Um, Holy shit. Off of both guardrails. So we had two days to get it fixed up to, to actually head down to Rudy's. Wow. And then. So we wanted those two days for getting ready not for doing repairs right <laughs> but that's true that's true dirty hooker diesel fashion right there i mean it was 2019 we saw the massive fireball come out of the truck and then you guys thrashed on it all night and had it ready to sled right, pull the next sled day and that day. was like the big story yep. of ucc um god i don't even remember anybody else from michigan who competed that year so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> poor derek it's like derek who <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I always I, I kind of tease him about that. I mean, uh, Derek's an awesome competitor, and he's done an awesome job. And it's in his, you know, uh, the record shows that, right? So, well, it, it does. And Derek also, we had Derek on the show earlier. So fans, if you haven't heard that, go back yeah. and listen to Derek Rose talking about not going to UCC this year. Um, and he straight up told me, he's like, Tony Burkhardt will never beat my power numbers on the dyno. He'll never hit yeah. that combined to win it. And he put money up to say it. And then he opened it up to everybody. But if I remember correctly, which I may or may not, I'm pretty sure that was all about calling out Tony. <laughs> well, and you know what? I'm not even going to try to beat his numbers. I'm, I'm not uh, – it might sound a little sad, but I'm, I'm not going there to uh, – try to break records or break my truck uh, I, I had enough of that a while back so um, yeah I, you know those six cylinders are pretty tough to beat in a dyno event but uh, what is your strategy for the dyno then what's, what, what's a good goal for you to go in what would you be happy with uh, at the dyno and, and we're going to pull off the easy option here of just nothing breaking or starting on fire um, <laughs> right. Well, that, that was going to be my first thing, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, ideally, is keeping the thing together. We're, we're going to go still just with a single charger, and we really don't plan on doing a whole lot more than what we're doing 
for power wise on the drag strip. So what kind of power is that? Um, so we're pretty light on power yet on the drag strip, and uh, so it's a. I don't know positively of what the power numbers are, other than uh, one of my good friends, which has been a uh, gas engine builder for past 50, 60 years or whatever. <laughs> um, he really never had much interest in the diesels, and but he he helps us with uh, some motor builds. And uh, he called, and he apparently saw the video of the truck run. Well, actually seeing numbers and videos of the truck running now he has interest in diesels and so he's <laughs> he wanted to know weight and everything else and he don't talk much and he was alright talk to you later hung up call back a few minutes later you know that pass was 2069 horsepower according to the calculator and we're oh. like yeah we're not into it we're not into it all that we can yet either I mean uh, we have enough. We have a truck. We have the power. We have ways to go yet on power. Quite a, a long ways to go yet on power. But you got to keep the things stick. You know, stuck well, to the track. So. Well, there's there's more than just you know a truck going to UCC and making a power number. We've we've talked about this with a lot of the competitors. We've talked about this in some of the other diesel competitions. Uh, you know, where there's multiple different events. Um, you got to know how to drive the damn thing, right? You got to keep it together, right? You got to keep the vehicle together all three events, and in this case, being UCC. You're saying that you're light on power. You're saying that your your truck, not all ends, making 2,000 horsepower, which you know, we, we believe that. Uh, we've There's a lot of videos that went viral a few weeks back with you at Rudy's and seeing the truck uh, constantly going down the track, which was awesome to see. Um, but in my opinion, you kind of have an advantage right now. We don't Paul and I don't have to ask you about the sled pull. You know how to sled pull, right? You're one of the few seasoned guys that, you know, sled pulling second nature for you. But you hadn't really shown much interest in drag racing, and now here you are, you know, getting Smoking the data. Them at yeah, getting the data, getting the truck on the track, getting the information, understanding how the truck responds. To me, you you kind of have some competitive edge going into this for UCC 2021. Oh, we. We honestly, we feel, uh, I mean, leaps and bounds ahead of what we ever were going to UCC uh, because of going to Rudy's. I believe that. I mean, there's there's guys right now, 14 days, their trucks aren't even together. Truth. What was your fastest pass at Rudy's? Um, so, I don't know if you guys read that, that I turned over the steering wheel or the reins or whatever to my oldest son um, at Rudy's. He's never been that fast in his lifetime. I, I saw a pass that he was there. Did he do all the driving at Rudy's, or did, did he just make one pass? No, I I did the shakedown pass because that was right after the wreck and uh, wanted to make sure that the truck was still safe. You know, everything felt good, and it went good. So I made one pass. I think it was a a five five pass, and uh, after Tyler, my oldest son made. He might have made. I think he made four passes total in that truck, 
and his fastest was a 522 and 145. That's 522, 145. I mean, the, the one other thing too, Paul, like for, for me, right, is, is, is looking at this is when we talk about the Levons, we talk about, you know, the Derrick Roses, all Cummins motors. And here we have <laughs> Tony with a, with a, with a V8, a 6.6 six, doing the business. Well, and I wanted to call this out as well, Chris, is that this is the, this year we will have more sled pull. We will have more people with experience sled, sled pulling, pulling than, than ever before. Ever before. Yep. We'll have, I think, and, and don't hold my feet to the fire on this, but I think we'll have more Duramaxes in yeah, the field. Yeah, it seems than like it. Before. It seems like it. Um, and and I'm hearing, we're, we're kind of hearing two groups of competitors. There's competitors who are going to be really, really satisfied if they go there and nothing breaks and they're in the top 10. They are going to be as happy as they could ever be. And then there's this group of guys that really sees themselves on the podium. Yeah. And Tony, one of the things I'm interested to hear is is clearly I think you fall into that later group. You 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 think you have the best shot. I think there's a lot of people, other competitors we've talked to that see that, you yep, as, see as, as a, a top competitor. Who's on the podium with you? Who who are two of the other guys that you think are gonna do really well at UCC this year? Oh man. You put me on the spot. He's not even paying um, attention to that. <laughs> Oh, well, here's here's the cocky one that would say, well, it's obviously those two people is going to be second and third place. I don't You're right. you know. <laughs> Damn um, straight. I, you know, you've heard me before. We're going to go there, do our best, and, and then see how it all adds up in the end, right? I'm, I'm not going to go there cocky. I just want to keep shit together. And, and uh, um, I think we're going to have a good a good drag race number and a, and a decent flood pull and and I, I'm sure we're going to get beat on the dyno, but I'm hoping that we can pull that off in, in the other two areas, right? So I like that strategy. Uh, Eric Merchant told us he is the only guy from Michigan that was going to be on the podium this year. What do you think about that? <laughs> After the show. <laughs> With a beer in hand, right? Uh, He'll be out there with his champagne and and spraying all over the place and yeah on Monday right on Monday yeah yeah. are you going the same time we are Eric no (laughs) he's the uh, week after you know and and so you never know he he could be on the podium and uh, I know that's not what Eric's going for right Eric's. Eric's going there to enjoy himself, and he doesn't want to spend all weekend working. He wants to mingle with all the people, and uh, I'm sure drink a, a few drinks. And uh, I mean, this literally is carbon copy of what he told us. <laughs> I'm I'm sharing the uh, last last time he bought the tent. This time I bought the tent. We're going to be under the same tent, um, and I actually. He had such a good cook there uh, two years ago that I'm pitching in, and uh, he's going to cook for the whole tent, right, instead of just for the merchant team. So <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah. 
we love to see that. We love to see that camaraderie, um, you know, among the competitors and people at the event. Because I know there's even vendors out there in Vendor Row who who love each other and and could live without each other. And and UCC is one of those places where everybody comes Comes together together and has a really good time. The show's always a big deal. Seeing the changes that go on from the trucks to from the from Friday to Saturday to turbo swaps and axle swaps for for Sunday and dually mounts and all of the other crazy shit that goes right. on. Um, it, it is a lot to do with behind the scenes and just being friends with people and just having a good time. Uh, but we all know that nobody does this alone. Uh, it's going to be your name that we hear as the competitor, but I'm sure there's other people that have helped along the way. Is there anybody you'd like to give a shout out to? Well, we've had a ton of support from, you know, a few guys. Uh, Precision Turbo has been awesome to us. Um, XG Performance, uh, you know, them guys have, I'd be lost without them, really. You know, uh, Nitrous Express, I mean, they've been bent over backwards to help us out all the time. Um there's a pile of other people. The, the whole uh, UCC crew is always there to make it the best show that they can, right? And and help the promoters and the spectators and and uh, competitors. Um, you know, uh, the boys at Firepunk have been. Uh, uh, quite an inspiration and, and uh, a really big help on uh, a little bit of suspension setup. I mean, just make sure the Dodge boys don't hear that. But <laughs> um, No, we, we parked next to them guys in the, at, at Rudy's and oh man, they, I, I picked the right people to park next to because they just feed us. I just, the food was awesome. And, <laughs> of course, Everyone's over to my trailer getting a welder and, and grinder and tools. <laughs> and and, but, uh, uh, you know, hopefully we get Mark Roviak back out and, and uh, try to make sure the thing don't burn down this year. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of friends. I, I can't even list all the people that want to help this year and, and – uh, that are going to be helping and um, I don't know have you seen those freaks over there at that Duramax tuner place there they, they always seem to be quite quite the entertainment in, in the at these events too <laughs> once in a uh, while right once in a while yeah and that and then the, the announcers the announcers make it all right uh, Charles does an awesome job at uh keeping everyone entertained and with his knowledge and expertise. So. Absolutely. You know, I like hearing people talk. <laughs> um, yeah. Tony, we're excited to see you out there. I know you got a lot of fans going to UCC. Uh, if somebody is a fan and they want to show their support, how can they find you on social media? Uh, well, we are on uh, Facebook, uh, TikTok, and uh, Instagram, and it's all Dirty Hooker Diesel. Uh, of course, they can go to our website, which is obviously dirtyhookerdiesel.com. Um, yeah. Oh. Or look for the Crispy Critter. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know? <laughs> uh, we're Like I said, man, we're really excited. We're going to see you out there, and I'm sure we'll stop by and bother you guys in the booth and steal some food. Listeners, make sure you stick around. we got more Diesel Performance Podcasts coming at you right away. Guys, we are here with uh, what you're expecting to be just our regular uh, pro tip super tech segment with Jeremy Garnett. And then you're expecting to hear superstar customer service extraordinaire Sean Lynn come on later. But we're going to throw a curveball at you, and I got them both in the studio today. Sean Lynn, how the hell are you? Good. How are you, Paul? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Jeremy Garnett? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Guys, um, we've never tried to bring you both in and kind of smash your two segments together because in the past we've always had just very different content to cover um but i, I want to set this one up a little bit so today we're going to be talking about what truck jeremy uh 12 lml a, a 2012 lml now we have we have discussed this truck before on, on the show yes uh, probably a few months ago a couple months ago we did a fuel system on it that's right yeah okay so so truck came in uh and if if my spotty memory is, is correct here, it came in not running. Yeah, it came in not running. Um, we diagnosed a CP4 failure in this truck and uh, want to reference back to that podcast. It was uh, done where we found the broken gear on the That's CP4. Right. That's so right. this is that truck. Yes, so. okay. Massive failure yeah. in, the, in the fuel system. Um, fixed all the truck, got it running. Now, I know from like my real world job where like we went down and took pictures of the EGR and the intake runners and everything we could to show like, wow, this is actually really clean emissions equipment on this high mileage towing all the time LML. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the truck, the truck did not end with a happy story there as we thought it did. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, <laughs> taking the truck apart, you know, like doing the fuel system, I took the EGR off, I took the EGR actuator. And I was right down to bare, almost down to the heads. Yeah. It, everything just looked beautiful. Nine, ninth injector was still intact. I mean, everything's plugged in. I mean, okay, cool. This thing's missions equipped. I mean, and everything's in great shape. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Had, had us all on board with that. Now, yeah. now, the reason we have Sean Lynn pulled in is because this truck also created a whole bunch of headaches that nobody in the company expected and everybody weighed in on. So, Sean Lynn, we, we, you even got involved on this truck at some point and we're kind of taking a look at what are some of the problems. Now, I want to set that problem up first. Um, so, what happened is we drove the truck down the road. Uh, and then 500 miles or so, we noticed, like, hey, we got an edge monitor on here, and we've been towing with it. We've been driving multiple states with it. Uh, we've been driving it unloaded, and we never saw the soot grams come off of 25 grams. If I were to call you, Sean, and, and just say, hey, I got a 2012 truck with, I don't know, 100 or 200,000 miles on it, 300,000 miles on it. It had a fuel system failure when I bought it, so it wasn't running when I bought it. But I bought it, and I paid a very reputable mechanic to fix it. He got it driving. I'm running down the road. I got 500 miles on it now, and I've never seen it come off of 25 soot grams. What do you think your first question to me would be? Um, in a scenario like that, if it doesn't move off of it, there's either a problem with the sensor itself, or I'd have to ask the question, have you ever seen the truck try to go into regen? Is oh. it using diesel exhaust fluid at all? I love that. I love that. Have you ever seen it come off of 25 soot grams? Jeremy, uh, you deal with a lot of these trucks and troubleshooting and having to repair emissions equipment and things like mm -hmm. that. 
over 500 miles, what sort of variations should someone see on a good working emissions equipment? How much variation should they see? Does it go up to 100 soot grams and then down to zero? Well, on an LML, it actually starts regen at 42. So 42 soot grams will actually start to regen um, because that's the percentage that is set in the computer. Right. Now, our thing was we didn't see it move, and then we weren't getting a code for extensive regen times either. That's right, yeah, because if you go too long between regens, you should also trigger a code. Right. So you're never seeing it, the soot grams move. It's locked on 25. Now, what's funny to me is when I've looked at deleted trucks before um, and failed trucks, they usually go to, like, a, an unreadable number right. right after 55 grams of soot in the DPF. That they're yeah. done. If you see 55, the next thing you're going to see is like line, line. Yeah, you're going to see line because it's basically almost clogged <laughs> at that point. <laughs> done. It is. It is over. But Sean, you would ask me about the emissions. Have I ever seen it go into regen with a CTS monitor? Uh, I can actually see the R light up when it goes into regen. So I should have noticed that, even if I didn't notice anything else. Um, I've never seen it go into regen. I, I don't know what to do. It has emissions equipment on it. I can see it's all there, and the mechanics verified it's all plugged in. What should I do? The only thing I could ask you at that point is, are you experiencing any smoke coming from the tailpipe, any different smells? Because with the emission system working properly, you really shouldn't smell much coming from the tailpipe. So I shouldn't smell much, and I shouldn't see any smoke, mm-hmm. right? And, and and I've seen failed DPFs give white smoke before. Yep, failed DPFs give white smoke. But a good working DPF should have no smoke, nothing nothing that you could see coming out of the tailpipe. Yeah, zero. Um, and in this case, after getting into it a little bit more, we did realize there was a little bit of smoke. Yeah. And then the edge of the tailpipe was actually sooted up just a tiny bit. It was black. It wasn't clean like you'd expect a normal working system man that's such that's such a telltale sign too and such yeah. a small thing that you could could easily oversee as you see every truck has an exhaust and they're all diesel so of course they all have a little so it's easy to just not think about oh this truck shouldn't have any right. soot at the tailpipe uh once you spotted that so what's the next thing you guys did uh the next thing we did is we actually started tearing into it a little bit and uh nick and i were actually talking about it and we're like hey you know what we have a dpf here so why don't we just go ahead let's put it on and see what what's the what the difference is take it off if we have to we put the new one on once we took it off that's when we realized what was going on and what was going on someone had uh did a uh professional delete as in uh they did a really professional job cutting it open the dpf open and removing the internals it is the cleanest secret delete i have ever seen yeah and it Honestly, I, I'm still looking at it, and, like, they re-welded it back on the original factory welds. Yeah. So it was like, you look at it, and you, you don't see it. No, and, it, and it's so slick, and, and it's in a spot. The DPF is already in a spot that, like, most guys wouldn't get underneath and really inspect. And then even a mechanic getting down there, what we've seen in the past is guys will drop them down and drill a hole all the way through. Yeah. Um, it's not a great idea, please. Uh, but but I get it. I get why somebody would do that as a delete option, uh, especially if they were going to just dump the truck right after this, right? Like right. I I understand why you did it. It's not a great idea, but I get it. Yeah, if you need to get home or something, but yeah. that's about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And then and then I the straight pipe. It's like that's an easy one to spot, right, Sean? Like I'm sure you've asked people before. Like, have I? I don't know if my truck is deleted. Have you crawled under the truck and looked? Right. <laughs> Yeah, do you hear like a turbo whistle? Do you see any black smoke at all? 
Like, easy things that you're like immediately you're like, oh no, if, if you can hear the turbo really loud or if you can see any smoke out of the mirror, your shit's deleted. We don't need to talk <laughs> oh, about yeah. it. We're, we know it. Why are you calling me? <laughs> um, but but in this case, it looks factory. It looks totally stock until you really start to get in there and pay attention, yeah. which I think you almost you would have to super know what you're looking for to know that these are not the factory welds. So yeah, exactly. And then well, we were looking at it and we were all in awe like holy shit <laughs> and uh, we were like oh let's look on the doc as well yep. so we did and same thing someone did the same identical thing same identical you know how much time and effort it took to do that it was like hours and, and it's hours. so it's so deliberate it's not like that functional like my shit failed and i was over the road so i bought a straight pipe and i and right. we welded it in like nah. again i don't suggest that but i do understand it this was like malicious like yeah. this is like, this is like first degree murder of a dpf which some people are going to love to hear that it happened um and and like you said man somebody put a lot of time and care into doing it to this level right the amount of money it took to do this was impressive and that that's what shocks me sean do you deal a lot with people not knowing if their vehicle's deleted to be honest with you the only time we ever see it is if a customer orders tuning from us and they don't even think about it and then they install it and it's like hey you know all these regen lights are on now all these <laughs> codes are on like what's going on here and that's, that's when you, brutal when you dig a little deeper into it we have a checkbox that says this tuning is for emissions equipped vehicles only you know i would yeah. imagine you would know this yeah yeah but it it, it is it, it's like one of these where where we thought this truck was emissions equipped oh, yeah, 100%. and i'm sure that's not most of what you're dealing with on the phone because this is a pretty rare example of somebody going above and beyond to hide it um but yeah yeah you do you look at that and you wonder you're like man how did you not know it was deleted but then i consider it's like i've talked to a lot of guys where it's their first diesel or or maybe they owned you know a, a 12 valve or a 24 valve before and this is their first like new generation diesel and they just they went to the lot and they bought the one and they're like yeah my old truck was loud my new truck is loud like my old truck blew smoke my new truck blew smoke like i got leather seats now who gives a shit you, you know and then and then it's kind of a whack in the face once they start to figure it out so what's weird about this truck is i've been with it since the very beginning i yeah. mean the day that it showed up in the lot to today I've, I've been with this truck so when it first came in we were like we got it in started doing the injectors the, C, the cp4 and all that and i'm we talked about this truck as from the beginning i'm like man it's clean the egr is clean i'm like how 300k i mean it's like wow yeah there is legitimately over 300,000 miles yeah, in this truck I, I put 300 miles on it myself and, and <laughs> like like this truck wow and then just uh we were out running some errands with it and dropping a motor off and stuff and yeah we're just we're all like okay why isn't it you know we haven't even tuned the truck yet yeah I mean, so we haven't we haven't even took a read of the truck. We haven't tuned the truck. We we're just we're just driving it. That's it, man. So and it threw us for a loop. And <laughs> well, then in this case, I also had, well we went far this time. So we actually pulled the DPF tank down, made sure that everything was okay in there. We put a new pump, new you know sensor in there, and everything. Fresh death yeah. tank, fresh death everything. Right, yeah. exactly. So a, a new doser. I mean, and they went as far as actually bending the EGT probes on the exhaust. I'm like when they did that i'm like how <laughs> how is this thing not you know i love it i love i love i love anytime somebody puts the real attention to the detail even yeah. if it's the wrong thing right i got it, I got it. uh sean what do you think is this is this something you do you think you would be able to flesh out over the phone if somebody called you midway through this project 
To be honest, unless they told me that the truck was throwing a lot of black smoke, it would be very hard to tell. I mean, even then, you know, it could lead to other problems. I would not think that the truck is deleted if all the stuff is there, plugged in and everything. That would be really tough. Yeah, and there's no codes. There's no, no check codes. engine lights. Yeah, That would be even harder. Yeah, yeah, that that's a... <laughs> That's a scary. That's one where where you almost get into the situation where I'd be like, "Why don't you give Edge a call and double check on that monitor?" Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know how these trucks work, sir. You don't you don't question me. No, I get it, man. I get it. That's a tough one, Jeremy. What do you think is a pro tip here? Trays. So, nuts and bolts, guys. Like, they they go in a specific spot. So the size of the bolts, use trays when you actually take stuff apart. Yeah, a five-gallon bucket yeah. is a tray. <laughs> yeah. I throw them all in there, and then at the end, I bitch and moan that I'm missing one. Right. I don't know what the problem uh, is. Assortment trays, even if you have to use little like tabs of like what, what they go for. Like if you have to write you know, injector or whatever, you have to write hold down, whatever. But yeah. trays, for a couple dollars at any store, you can get them at Walmart. Just trays, nuts and bolts, and just... I- I'm a, I'm a big sandwich baggie fan. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I know it. I know it's not as clean. I know it's not as nice as a tray. But yeah. in a sandwich bag, I I write right on the front of it what it is with a black magic marker, and then I throw it in a. I do throw it in a five gallon bucket, and then when I take them all out, I almost never can read the actual <laughs> bag. So we're if working on that. If system. I'm doing a long term project, then yes, I'll do bags. But yeah. uh, like when I'm taking a motor apart, like on this LML, or even doing this uh, def tank or you know, deaf and all that. It's right. Just use trays. Put nuts and bolts. Keeps it sorted. You, you kind of know where they go. Especially doing different jobs on Duramaxes alone. There's bolts that are different sizes. Some are a little bit longer than others. You put them in the wrong spot, then you get leaks and problems. And They are tricky with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they don't like using the same size bolts for everything. So. <laughs> of course not. So. I love it. Good pro tip. I appreciate that. Guys, thank you both so much for joining us today. Right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. All right, guys, uh, listeners, make sure you stick around. We got just a little bit more Diesel Performance Podcast coming at you right away. XDP coolant filtration systems help increase the longevity of your cooling system by filtering out contaminants before reaching vital engine components. The coolant filtration system is designed to catch any debris floating in your cooling system before it gets caught in important components like your EGR cooler. The system is designed with easy-to-install pre-assembled silicone hoses and specially made mounting brackets so you can bolt this kit on with basic hand tools. Each kit includes a billet CNC machine aluminum filter base that is anodized with a black finish for superior underhood aesthetics. The included ball valves allow for minimal coolant loss during filter replacements as well as a shutoff to bypass the system if needed. To find out more about XDP's line of coolant filtration systems, check out xdp.com or find a local dealer near you. Chris, uh, people have been hearing us talk about Exergy Performance well since the start of the show. Right, of course. They've been uh, they've been a believer <laughs> since the inception, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, I know I just recently talked to Randy Harkema over there. Uh, guys, of course, you recognize him from our snake oil uh, or not fuel additive yep. episode. Uh, he's he's one of the guys at Exergy that we rely on for technical expertise. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought it was really cool. I was just talking to him about going to UCC. Okay. You remember the booth that they they bring to UCC every year? Yeah, I remember. I remember 2019. Um, they do this really cool engine stand with a Cummins with their standalone with a throttle, uh, a hand throttle, and you can you know be 
part of the engine operating. They start it, you can rev it, and all that cool stuff. And I think it's really cool because it, it gives you that hands-on experience to say, hey, here's Exergy's fuel system, here's Exergy's standalone, Bosch standalone, here's everything working. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, you can't forget it once you've seen it. I, I didn't push too hard to okay. ask all the details because I like to walk around UCC and kind of be surprised by yeah. what I'm going to see. Um, but I will just say that if you're going to UCC this year, make sure you go swing by the Exergy Performance booth. You're definitely going to want to check out what they have. Oh, man. That's exciting. Chris, you know WC Fab uh, and WC Fab powder coating. Um, it, it's going to be one of those places that if you've never heard of them and you go check out their booth at UCC or if you go to their shop and, and kind of hang out and see even just even just the foyer, like what the you know, the waiting room, uh, you're going to be wildly impressed. I, you, it, it's tough because it, you don't know if someone were to tell me, hey, you know, they do all these crazy powder coat colors, they do compound turbo kits, triple turbo kits, intercooler piping kits, whatever. I am a very simplistic individual, so I have a basic thought process or picturing in my head of what's going on. And if you see their work in person, the, they're very meticulous with, you know, their fabrication. The welding is superb. Um, but their coloring options that they have from their in-house powder coating service is second to none. There's like 400 colors that they keep in stock. Yeah. All of their signature colors are, you know, they're the most popular for a reason. They stick out the most. Um, and I mean, Paul, man, over the years being at Calibrated Power, we have seen so many WC Fab trucks <laughs> come and go, being on the dyno, things like that. And, you know, uh, I remember when I first started, it was exciting to see a 700, 800, or a 1,000 wheel horse truck. And you just know if a truck's coming from WC Fab here, it's going to make big power. Um, I normally just get excited for what kind of color schemes under the hood of the truck. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you're going to get what you pay for. You know, they offer a really good quality product and they have a really good support staff. They're going to stand behind what they do. And I think that goes a long way, especially this day and age in this industry. Absolutely. Chris, I always love talking to Tony Burkhardt. So, one of the things that that we, we've had Tony on the air, and and you get him hyped up, you know, and he starts talking, you know, the one interview we did a few years ago, talking about all of his hookers, right, yeah, the yeah. pull trucks. But then you get him today, and he's just very chill, very just down to earth, very low key. Just he's not letting nerves get to him. He, in my opinion, he has a really good chance at this. He's probably one of the only guys that we have interviewed this whole time where they're not only is their truck together, but it's already been proven on the track. Yeah, and and I think the other thing that's really fun is like, uh, man, guys, you just heard it. I really tried baiting Tony into some some good good yeah, clean you're, fights. You're good for shit talking, would, and Tony was not would not it. take no. it at all, man. And and I think that's because. Like you're saying here, is he's focused on winning, yeah. and, and that's that's something that I'm really excited to see. I think that's what UCC is all about. Yeah. And I think he's the type of competitor who could put this together, yeah. um, and only time will tell, man. You know, another thing I want to point out here is is in past years doing these interviews, it was always, you know, the hunt for 2,500 horsepower, the hunt <laughs> for 3,000 horsepower. That that has not been the topic of discussion for UCC 2021 and everyone's going into it with uh, again the same similar strategy of i need to keep it together and i need to be consistent you know i think everyone's going to say that until that first guy in line hits like 23 2400 and then you're just going to watch people running to the to the trailer to go get bigger jets. Yeah, I, I really I just, feel like we hear it, this, and it, then and then it comes down to it, and one guy hits a big number, and everybody's like, "Okay, 
plans out the window, everything you're, we got. You're probably not wrong, but I think <laughs> it, just the industry in the competition's maturing a little it bit, is. right? Yeah. And it's we've seen some crazy, crazy, crazy meltdowns, fires, blowups. We've seen so much carnage go on at UCC. And I think with who we have in our talent pool of competitors going into 2021, there was a little different of a strategy. That's yeah. all. And I think I'm it's going to be really interesting to see how that whole uh, that whole strategy un, un, unveils. I think you're 100% correct. Well, guys, thank you so much for sticking around with us. We're going to have a, uh, more special episodes with UCC competitors coming at you real soon. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Thanks for listening. Now you've made me question myself and why am I <laughs> competing with UCC.